Hardly ho listenerinos. That's uh, probably something Mac and Tommy would get a real kick out of. Simpsons nerds. Anyway, um, today we've got Commando Steve. Uh, Commando Steve is a health and fitness expert. Um, he is an ex-commando in the uh, Australian military. He is also an entrepreneur, a very successful businessman, and he is a really deep thinker. We sat down with Steve today and had a really good chat. Um, chatted about everything to do with uh, with his military background, his uh, mindset for weight loss, and also his philosophical thoughts on the world. Pretty much, it got really deep, um, but it was uh, it was great at the same time. So we had a ball. Steve had a good time, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys get a bunch out of it. I'm sure you will. So. Before we go any further, though, I'd like to just uh, thank our sponsors. So today we are sponsored by, and actually our sponsorship has run out and we haven't approached anyone else. So we're giving these sponsors a free run because they supported us. So if you would like to support this podcast, let us know. Um, email myself, doc at adventurefittravel.com. But our sponsors that, uh, that we're keeping on board for the time being are Loxam Solutions. Loxam is a boutique business and consulting company focused on business consulting and commercial services. The key to their success has been through the pragmatic approach combined uh, pragmatic approach combined with entrepreneurial spirit to achieve their clients' outcomes. Their philosophy is simple, deliver well-defined, measurable business outcomes to their clients through the engagement of subject matter experts with real-world experience. Services include business consulting, costing, business structure, and lots of other good stuff. Head to www.locksamsolutions.com.au. Next, we are sponsored by NDO Subs. NDO didn't give us any copy to read, and NDO are officially not sponsoring us anymore, but they've been awesome, and their products work. So I'm just going to say head to www.ndosups.com and check out their recovery products. They're very well regarded in the community. Max swears by them, and you can get 10% off if you use ADVF Radio at checkout. Good stuff, guys. One of our sponsors that is actually still a sponsor is Audible. If you want to get audiobooks for a free trial, uh, free 30-day trial, and one free audiobook, guys, head to audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF Radio. Heaps of good books on there. Tommy has recommended a history... Stephen Hawking's A History hmm, a history of Time. A Brief History of Time. A Brief History of Time. Tommy's recommending that one. I'm about to start reading it. So uh, I might even go ahead and get the audio book. Save me the hassle. I can just listen to it in my car. Again, www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. And lastly, we are sponsored by Adventure Fit Travel. Guys, all I want to say with Adventure Fit Travel at the moment is uh, head to our Facebook page or Adventure Fit Radio's Facebook page and for the rest of this week, there'll be a link, there'll be a file linked, a uh, survey file linked to the top of our page. I want you guys to go ahead and fill out that survey. All it is, it's going to take a couple of minutes of your time. It's going to be able to tell us what type of show you want from us because it's got lengths of show, guests, fields, everything that you want, we want to know so we can tailor this show to you guys, our listeners. I'm getting Facebook notifications, I hope you guys can't hear that. 
Um, so what uh, what's in it for you is you get a better quality show because we're gonna tr- we're gonna listen to you guys. And the other thing is you get a one thousand dollar gift voucher. Well, somebody does one lucky winner. Um, I'll pick at the end of this week. So go and check that out. Uh, that's pretty much it from me. Here's Commando Steve. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it! Yo! Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Are we alone in the universe? What is the future of the human race? I'm with you if you want to live. I did. Good some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, too rare to die. Okay, Steve, welcome to... Uh, that's how it's done, mate. That's how it's done. And action. And action. Welcome to, uh, welcome to Adventure Fit Radio. So, uh, obviously, sitting here with Mac... And uh, Tommy on my right, we have Steve Willis, uh, Commando Steve, also known as. And to start us off, as usual, uh, Tommy's going to start us off with uh, Tommy's tribute. Alrighty, here we go. Um, so guys, I thought I'd do a cover of uh, Tears in Heaven. <laughs> it's called Tears in Tom in brackets, I'll never have a rig as good as Steve's. <laughs> and it goes a little something, I like this. I'm extremely nervous. Am I allowed to laugh? Yeah, dude, I mate, it sucks. <laughs> You're allowed to leave if you want. Yeah, that's right. I might, start, leave. I might start giggling. Would you know my name <laughs> if I managed to grow a six pack? Would it be the same? If I got a bunch of tattoos, <laughs> I must be strong, strong, and lay off the bombs, cause I know I don't belong in a room with Steve Rigg. <laughs> Makes no sense. He's, just like, he's making it up. Yeah. <laughs> Sell it, my four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Verse two. Would you help me stand if you saw me fail a squat? Would you hold my hand <laughs> just because it looks nice and tanned? I've definitely fucked the guitar. (laughs) 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 All right, here we go. I'll find my way. And find a bay. Even though I'll never have a rig like Steve's. Uh. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bit off tune there. I hope that all makes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, um, normally I'm a really good singer. And um, I don't think I was quite on today. But I'm normally very good. That's because you had to get up too early. Yeah, I think Not so. Not enough coffee. Sprinting through the airport. I think I need another one, yeah. All right, so, Steve, let's, uh, let's get into it. Why do they call you the commando? And are you doing the commando right now? No, I'm not. Do you have underwear on? I do have underwear on right now. Um, I think it it all came about from The Biggest Loser when I was first uh, first on the show, and the uh, the unit that I had served with in the Australian Army was the Commandos, and I think yep. the name kind of stuck. Um, you know, they threw out their Sergeant Slaughter and all that kind of stuff. You know, kind of to, jo- to kind of get the the creative juices flowing, and I'm like, nah, I'm not that kind of guy that's chewing on a. Do you want on a cigar? Yeah. You remember yeah. from uh, remember from Commando with with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the helicopter, yeah. and he's yeah. got like the he's got the hat on. He's chewing yeah. on the chewing on the uh, chewing on the cigar <laughs> with the big uh, minigun. But um, no, it 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 came from the military, yep, as such. But even to this day, um, people still are. Oh, geez, you were really in the army? Yeah, I'm just like I think it was just a persona. Yeah, yeah, right. That's interesting, isn't it? Cool. So tell us about um, tell us about your time in the military. When did when did uh, when did it begin? When did you finish your time? Yeah. And well, I, I joined the army to uh, <clears throat> to get my trade as a builder. Yep. So I had the intentions of going to engineers, but when I was at uh, recruit training, um, some of the instructors there were from the infantry, and they're like, "Come on, mate. There's no point joining the army unless you go to infantry." <laughs> you know, you can do any other job in the army in Civvy Street. The only job yep. you can't do in Civvy Street is being infantry. So, you know, 18 years of age, you know, young, dumb, and uh, inimpressionable. Just excitable. I, yeah, I found mm. myself uh, at the School of Infantry and you know, went from there. Yeah, right. And where did you... Uh, so you spent time abroad? Yeah, I've been overseas. Well, I went overseas, you know, to a few different locations with the Army. Um, a lot of the time, it was more training with, with other armies. There was a few deployments in there. But yep. I left the Army in 2004, um, the unit I um, was in, had been in, uh, had done a fairly big stint in Iraq and they were then, at that point in time, redeploying uh, back into Afghanistan. So right. I I kind of pulled the pin to... Uh, yeah, cause to I get just, on TV? Well, no, actually. Yeah. It was all within a, a short time frame, actually, from leaving the army to um, making that conscious decision. Uh, I wanted to be... I love training. I've yeah. always enjoyed training, being physical. Yep. Why not train people? Mm. I get to train myself. I thought mm. being a trainer was a lot different than it actually is, yeah. as anyone that is a trainer understands. probably train less the more that you are training yeah. other people. Well, that investment of energy and time yeah. into clients mm. and anyone who does personal training you know, can vouch for that, that mm. it's just it's, it's, it's draining. It's brutal, for sure. Yeah, so um, within a year of leaving the army, uh, I found myself, you know, with the opportunity to be on the Biggest Loser, or you know, kind of jump through those hoops. How did that? How did that come about? Yeah. If uh, so, you weren't when you left the the army. You weren't actually qualified as a PT or, or doing any training, or did you no. tick that box while you were? No. In so the, in, in the yeah, army so or? in the army, I was in a special forces unit, which is now known as the Second Second Commando Regiment, mm-hmm. and um, you know, PT or physical training was a part of you know the daily curriculum. Yeah, for sure. Every day, you know, seven thirty in the morning to. I don't know, sometimes it was hours on end. You'd what be doing, stuff would you do? do your PT. Gosh, you'd go for runs. You'd, you'd, you'd mix it up. You know, very almost CrossFit in a mm. sense of um, 
GPP mm. comes from the army, that yep. acronym, General Physical Preparedness, the ability to do anything and everything. Mm. You know, run long distances, short distances, carry heavy weights, yep. you know, swim, run, climb. Well, know, it's not climb. about health at that stage, is it? It's about actually staying alive in some... Being ready for everything. Yeah, 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 exactly. In the battlefield, it's totally different. And that's the big thing is the the constant reminder of, um, you know, it's not just your ability to get to the fight. You've got to have enough fight left in you to fight. Mm, And um, that level of, or that base level of fitness was extremely important. But I guess the landscape and the way in which warfare um, is today, not that it's any different. People still die and, you know, there's the requirement for all the um, the hardware. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess the assets and the infrastructure of there isn't long stomps, well, you know, walking into a By job large, to do yeah. things, you know, days on end to then lay up, you know, do some reconnaissance and fight. Like the air assets that are constantly overhead, yeah. kind of imagery of the ground, yeah. um, helicopter assets, you yeah. know, you're in and out where it may have taken a couple of days to do a job nowadays, they can be in and out and do a few yep. jobs in a day. Um, and again, that level of, I guess, you know, CrossFit in that mm. sense with, uh, with training really speaks to that type of um, um, job description. For sure. So what type of day-to-day when you are um, serving in the Army? So how many hours a day is, is dedicated? Is it a single hour? Is it a couple of hours? Or I've got a couple of mates who are PTIs. Do you know Kobe Head? Do you know Kobe? He's so. a, he's owned a couple of CrossFit gyms. He's yeah. MC'd big some big events and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, he was a PTI in the mm-hmm. in the army, and he ran a pretty tight ship. But what's the how many hours a day are we talking? So PT was generally you know an hour to to an hour and a half. Yep. But then the rest of the day was always very physical. Yeah, for sure. So um, and just, just is this military or is this the commando part? Yeah. Well, this is yeah the commando no, sorry, you, you, the commando you, you, role within within yeah. the military. Um. Gosh, you could be doing God, anything um, from from tooling up to go down the range to shoot to doing run-throughs, you know, in um, in what they call you know in the combat type environment, the, the the close quarter stuff to your green rolls, so you're out in the bush, you know, practicing mm-hmm. and just doing your SOP standard operating procedures and just honing those skills. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of running around and yeah, shooting, sure and unless you're like a sniper or something where your task and your job description is mm. very much being Sit methodic, methodical, yeah, yeah. Yes, and sure. learning, being a being a hawk. But, um, you know, we're constantly just on the go. And that's something that I've thought about, thought about a lot as I've gotten older is, you know, with my training, you know, I get my training done, but then a lot of the day there's business meetings and there's, you know, moving from point A to point B, you know, flying mm. and the like in the army. You're, you're on the go all the time. So that incidental fitness, mm. yeah. and that yeah. baseline was constantly there. You know, you you're couldn't working wait. Out, working you, out 10 hours a day. Yeah, you couldn't wait to have lunch. It's mm. like a yeah. anyone that does a trade, you know, and then they come into the gym and they're shattered. You know, yeah. they're, they're in there, a brickie mm. or someone who's a roofer who's been well, up on me. a roof all day. I used to be a roofer. And, and how you know, shattered you know, would you, you be? You know what? I would, do, I would do eight hours on the roof and then go in and train. And like you say, I would be absolutely spent. And then I moved into... Um, I moved into the fitness industry mm. and that was a really big change to me because I was inside all day. Yeah. That kind of freaked me out, mm. not out in the sun. I was like, this is really strange. And now with AdventureFit, with my business, I sit at a desk and send emails all day. Everyone thinks I go on holiday. Yeah. I sit at a desk and send emails. So yeah. it's... But you, you but it's, really enjoyed your smokers on the trade, didn't you? 
Uh, I had sex once during smoke. That was, just <laughs> wow. that was pretty, pretty enjoyable. I was bringing oh, out I, Only the once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With one of the brickies, it was a yeah, terrible yeah. session. But Good old, uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny, if you're listening, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill's, uh, Bill's still around and uh, ready to mingle. But, um, but yeah, totally, totally different. That's my life now is sitting at a desk and it drives me nuts a little bit. I go and help my dad doing mm. some tradie stuff from time to time and it actually feels good to be out in the environment and exactly. doing that physical stuff for eight hours a day. Uh, yeah, mm. and, and that's something that I've been very conscious around lately. And it's, um, it's great to just get outside, take your shoes off and just connect with mm. the earth. And you know, even just, yourself. you know, a park where there might yeah. be a pull-up bar and stuff. Like even, I know we're kind of in and out here, but um, going into a gym and even training every day, you can get a bit I monotonous. Like yeah, getting outside sure. and doing some different things and yep. mixing up your skills, swimming yep. even. You know, mm. swimming in a pool is swimming different to swimming in the ocean. And... Yeah, it's constantly just mixing up those environments. Yeah, it's definitely sure. um, more human, I think, as well, just to get outside and, you know, reconnect with nature. I mean, I still think we are very primitive um, animals. Mm. We're not really meant to be sitting down and mm. being in a confined space the whole time. So it's getting out there differently. It's yeah. a, you actually made me or remind, made me think of a, um, uh, an occasion where I, on The Biggest Loser, I ended up with two contestants. It was almost like a kidnap scenario. Yeah. I, I kind of, all the contestants were training one night and I came in, you know, it's all production. Is this in one of, of the based. first couple of series? Yeah, yeah. I and I, and I trained them and I, 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 beast, I remember this. I beasted them and it was Sharif <laughs> and this girl, I think it was Sharif. Mel. Yeah, he's I don't know a, a, Sharif uh, from yeah, Queensland. I know that guy. Yeah. He does so all the events now. Yeah. 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 I, I, I kidnapped, the, kidnapped those two for a week. Anyway, we had a bit of time so I took them for a walk one day. It was around Middlehead in Sydney and there was some you know, tracks through the bush. Yep. And just my art, whenever I, you know, get off the beaten, you know, I'm on the beaten track as such, off yeah. the footpaths and the like, the, the military instinct just kicks mm, in. Yeah. Yeah, just and I just start, <laughs> yeah, I just start, yeah. you know, my observation yeah. skills start yeah. to um, enhance, you know, Probably I'm, I'm listening. It clicks in, eh? And, um, we walk along this path and I could hear voices coming the other way <laughs> and I grabbed the two of them and I'm like, in the bush. I'm like, we, and we're just, it's just that game like you play yeah. when you're a little kid to yeah. like, see if we can't be spotted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, they're uh, they're all having like, a laugh. Steve's having yeah. PTSD. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Just kicking back in. It's funny. I got my hands up. Yeah. Like, why, why are your hands in that position? <laughs> Steve, put the gun down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's classy. I do remember that actually. I remember because me and my brother, um, we used to watch The Biggest Loser religiously. Yeah, it used to be it, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, mm. I don't watch it anymore, but we used to just, we'd get really excited because it was such an uplifting show. I don't, mm. I don't really watch it anymore. I'm not you sure got a lift. <laughs> See, now my, my voice is a little bit better. Is that, how, is that how it went? <laughs> Still wasn't great. Uh, yeah, by uh, Spud Noll, wasn't it? Shannon oh, Noll. really? Yeah, the opening, uh, wasn't it Shannon Sh- Noll? Shannon Noll. He, Shannon Noll. Definitely, he definitely yeah, had yeah. a go uh, with um, a few of the episodes of one of those songs. Yeah, I, sh- I thought it was, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so when you're uh, back to in the army, so you're doing mm. all these long, um, brutal days, day in day out. <clears throat> you mentioned um, couldn't wait to eat. What type of nutrition do, they, do you get in the army? Is it is it what you need or? Um, no, no. Uh, when you're on base and you know the trainings kind of revolves around being on base, and you may go out and do some field craft, and then you'd come in and have lunch at the mess. Yep. Uh, it was okay. It definitely got better over the years. Yep. I, I, I'd say it's a lot better nowadays than it's ever been because people are just so much more mindful oh, around sure. their nutrition. 100%. Mm. So what um, were you having then? Oh, gosh, they'd, they, they'd still have like the veggies and you know, very much the, uh, the processed carbohydrates yes. you know, would For be sure. in the bay-maries, you know, the, yeah. the lasagnas and the part, mm. the things that they could just finish. We, we, we yeah, had a... Yeah. We, Thursdays, yeah. Thursday so, sorry to all the... We call them cooks in those days. They may... 
you know, take offence to anything other than being called a chef nowadays. Mm -hmm. But we actually called them fitters and turners. Okay. Right? Because we hated it. Can I swear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've already sworn at Yeah. They're I, think fucking I, I said food. I fucked a dude. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and um, we used to fitters and turners because what, what that meant was they used to fit it into a pot and turn yeah. it into shit. Ah, there you yeah, go. Right? Yeah. And um, that's, you know, and again, like uh, if you've spoken to anyone that works in the mines, you know, you get the broccoli and then it's just got cheese all over mm, it. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just like, man, that was good food yeah, until you freaking poured that crap yeah. all over yeah. it. Yeah. Um, or, or the meat and the like. And again, it's the quality, mm, the quality yeah. from, from the foundation. So that's, you know, what they've ordered in and then they've prepared and put out onto the... Did you know any different back then? Or were you just, no. you oh, just told to eat it so you just ate it? Well, you it was really the, anyway. all that was there. Mm. And, and that consciousness, because I've always been since... I guess I came into this world very much around why. I've always been very inquisitive and curious around, mm. you know, what makes things tick. You know, <clears throat> if someone that's older than me has said, you know, this needs to be done this way, well, I, in my mind, I've questioned it and I've thought, is there a better way? And mm. I, you know, used to come butt heads with uh, with some of my um, superiors in the in the army just around that. And as you come in and you spend a number of years in the military and then you start, you take a role and um, you have guys underneath you, well, you don't want them just doing aimless, pointless shit. And especially if there's a better way of doing something, mm -hmm. you're going to go sure. to the sergeant or the, to, mm -hmm. to the, you know, the officer that may be in charge of you know, whatever might be happening and say, sir, you know, you know, what you've said, you know, I reckon we do this, this and this. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they just, they just pull a pin on you and just say, shut the fuck up. You know, yeah. You're doing it that way. That's right. And again, too, because there's dissemination of information and you're only getting the information you need as that, I guess, cog in the wheel. Yeah. They've got a bit of an overview of the bigger picture. Mm. And then again, they've had information passed down to yeah. them. So yeah. a lot it's of very much that. A power, a power trip thing. Yeah, I found, to... I found that. And especially yeah. the longer guys would be in yeah. and, that, and they climb that, that ladder of rank and responsibility. They're very much that, that as you said, that, that they would abuse, yeah, abuse the power like to, to hand, a degree. They don't like to hand over the reins yeah. or listen to someone. I mean, I got, in a, I got fired from a CrossFit gym once that I used to work at. And I 100% believe I was the as popular of a, a coach as they had and as good of a coach as they had doing as good a job as anyone at the gym. But the members used to talk to me. I was a new guy. The members used to talk to me. Can you, we want to squat more. We want to do this. We want to do that. And I'd pass it on to the guys coach, that I was working yeah. under. And... They got the certain guys I was working on it wouldn't have a bar of it. They just wouldn't hear it from me, a coach. Mm. It was their way or the highway, basically. Yep. And I got fired in the end for a chick moving a different gym that I moved to. I had nothing to do with it, but they used that as kind of the excuse or whatever. But it just was... Is that gym still running? Yeah, it was CrossFit 3000 in South Melbourne. Oh, <laughs> oh come on, Bill. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it's, it's common. I didn't say I it was didn't, a bad I, I, That wasn't the precursor <laughs> to say the name, but anyway. No, but I mean, I didn't say it was a bad gym. He just got the gun out and he just shot it. No, no, look, I was going to go there this weekend, but I was down in Melbourne. Look, I never said it was a bad gym. That I just I got fired from there, you know. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't see eye to eye with the guys at the top, and that's what I mean. Like, there's superior... Totally. A lot of the time, the, the idea what just won't break through the walls. And that, especially mm. on deployment, you um, you get that. And a mm. lot of that is just because of the, the pressure of, um, of the job. Because you mentioned it before, it's life or death. Mm. And, um, you do you know, when need you, that rank structure in the army. Yeah, though. you definitely you need that rank structure. coming up and, and yeah, exactly. you or, or with you know, uh, innovative ideas. There is a set system. And, sure. and you find even with officers who'd come through um, and you'd have sergeants mm. you know, that have been around Ever. They're as old as the hills. 
and you'd get a new platoon commander, and he may be 21, 22, and mm. you got a dude who's 35 or 40 that's a sergeant who's, he knows the ropes, yeah? Yeah. And this boss comes in like freaking Tigger. Yeah. And everyone's just like, who the fuck is yeah. this? And um, he's got all these, he's, it's almost like, let's go back to the start of the book and like, let's work through it. And it's like, boss, we've done all of that. Yeah. Mm. You know, we know how things work. Yeah. You know, keep up with the program. Yep. And, um, and again, the group conscious and, you know, where guys would be at, be so tight knit that if you couldn't penetrate that inner circle... You know, you're an outcast. How many mm, in your platoon? Well, the platoons, you know, you'd have 30 guys in a platoon. And Long then you'd break that down into like sections. So you'd have like three sections or you'd even break that down further. But in the counterterrorism role that I did, um, like in a platoon, we'd have uh, five-man teams. Right. So, uh, a- again, your ability, especially in the Australian Army, to, um, to, to have... An array of skills is extremely important because we just don't have the numbers. You go to mm-hmm. and train with the Americans. One guy, he's got one job, you yeah. know, and um, his his, I guess, skill base and level and the ability to if you went down, pick up and do your job as well is almost mm. you know well, null and void. Mm. And the, that's why the Aussies, the Kiwis, some of the smaller armies are so good at what they do because. You got to be able to use almost ev- yeah the adaptability. Use every skills, uh, sorry, every weapon. Um, your ability to to have an insight into like what a sniper does, what a heavy weapons operator does. You know, mm. at a base level, you kind of trained in all of those things. Um, what was your favourite? Would you ever be a sniper, or do you have oh, patience sni- for that? It, yeah, oh, definitely. But it's it's hard, yakka. Yeah, like it's I, I'm very much you know quite hyperactive. I like to be on the go. Um, and I definitely love the, the, the counter-terrorism stuff, yeah. the black rolls. So, you know, the close quarter, you know, hostage terrorist type mm. scenario. And that's what I did for the last two years before I left. So after 2001, September the 11th, mm. and then uh, post that, the Australian government decided to, write, to raise a second counter-terrorism capability on the east coast of Australia. So SAS in Perth, or WA, mm-hmm. had a capability there. But there ability to deploy in a certain time frame was was uh, almost null and void if there was an incident on the um on the, other coast. On the east coast of australia right. so well wow. second commando and sas they both have those roles and those capabilities um but then obviously i guess if you look at the circles and their job descriptions and and how they overlap um then you've got to take into consideration, you know, what they do overseas and our allies working with the Yanks and, mm. you know, gosh, they, 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 the Yan- they love the Aussies and just what oh, we right. can do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes so much more sense to have a small bunch of guys good at so much stuff mm. than a massive army that is so specific in it. So, I mean, I guess that would, um, that would come into part in different situations, but that efficiency thing um, makes a lot of sense to me, definitely. And, and that's, I guess... Um, with with my military career and what it is that I did, and in that transition, you know, all right, I love being physical. What is it that I can do in the in the civilian world that um, is physical? Mm. And that's when kind of training was taken off in those early two thousands. You thought all and I need is camouflage cargo pants, <laughs> yeah. a pair of black shades, <laughs> and, and yeah. I'm ready to go. But, um, <laughs> and no one. But, 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 but no in undies. that sense, um, I really feel that you know, for myself and being introduced to CrossFit at that. <laughs> at that crossroads when I was leaving the military, 
was almost not a lifesaver, but it definitely helped me to um, start evaluate and yeah. um, gave you the next next thing and and, to... and and continue that um, you know that like mindedness from mm. the you know CrossFit was very much you know a lot of what I did in the military minus the weapons and, and you know, all that type of stuff the camaraderie of you know the gym environment and training with others and hurting with others forging mm. friendships through hardship and um, just in the skill sets and, and personal development because anyone that does you know CrossFit in that sense or any derivative mm. of, um, of CrossFit in the, with the skill sets knows that there's an entire lifetime of just working on bettering yourself let alone complaining 100%. and bitching about what's going on in the yeah, world exactly 100%. yep I so, found that sorry Bill I just I found the exact same thing with coming off playing AFL footy um, not that I was an AFL player, <laughs> but I just played the game. Yeah. Um, and moving into CrossFit, I found that um, I could do CrossFit and my body was um, still able to train every day, but I still had what I got from footy, which is like you said, going through hardship and then getting through the other mm-hmm. side and becoming a lot closer with the people around me and all that sort of stuff. So it sort of kept me sane whilst keeping my body, um, I guess, more sustainable because footy just fucks your body up so yeah. bad. And um, I'm assuming you, the military would have been tough yeah, on the body totally. anyway. Yeah, yeah, are your ne- I read your somewhere your knees are um, not uh, not as good as they used to be. Oh, I guess it, everybody's got a part of their body that um, yeah, gives them grief. But I've had um, both my knees operated on. I've just had you know meniscus and the like cleaned out. Yeah. As I was talking um, before we started rolling, I tore my medial ligament in my right knee not long ago doing some wakeboarding. But yeah. then there's other you know niggles and injuries I've had my ankle operated on i busted a bit in my back parachuting mm. you know it's always the fun stuff yeah yeah i've got no pcl in my right knee from surfing in bali yeah. just blew it That's out a, it is isn't it yeah you, know, you I, think uh, but then you, you you start beating yourself up you think man all this stuff i've done in the gym all this training yeah. what's it for yeah you have a little stack on a wakeboard yeah. but then you yeah. think about it you got this like what 400 horsepower boat you know, pulling you through the water. Yeah, you got a wakeboard where your feet are fixed to it, <laughs> mm. and when that board is turned, oh, flips you the wrong way. It's turned. How would you say? Toe, so toe it's, side or yeah, toe, toe side, side. Yeah. toe yeah. side. But then it's almost like a braking mechanism oh, yeah. in the water. So you got all that force of water against the board. Yeah, your knees have got yes. for sure. Oh, or, or your ankles, you're, or even you know, even where you're strapped. Like snowboarding. My brother did his ACL snowboarding. Yeah. He was a good junior footy player. He was doing weightlifting and CrossFit and stuff in his spare time. And it, but it was a mad caught snowboard. an edge. Yeah, caught an edge. Same caught thing. Toast. Oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't catching an edge. Actually, it was. Um, he went over a jump and then went to land. He overshot it and then went to land st- a bit more straight legged because he because oh, he was yeah, he was too yeah, high yeah. for this particular whatever, and um, it just didn't. It kind of tweaked it back the other way and he blew his ACL out. But having you, it's wakeboarding and snowboarding with your feet fixed to the board because yeah. you can't move where your legs actually naturally and physically got to mm. go when you're getting whacked around, you can't put it there. No. Yeah. You know? It's yeah, so and that pivot point becomes the hit. Mm. Yeah, moves that's up right. the body. That's, that's exactly right. It's almost like, remember when we were kids, those action dolls. And yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only real movement, the He-Man was like the from the waist. <laughs> I had a Barbie. Uh, Barbie. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. how's, how's your body, Mac? Uh, yeah, it's just like the Ken doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to, uh, to the military, they uh, it must have this imagery, like the SAS and Commando Fit and all that. It seems really fun. And what mm. I am drawn to it is the, the training that it takes to go through uh, to make it into the commando, but yeah. also the mental... Um, That's where it's at. 
yeah, the mental toughness. Yeah, I, like, I, like, have you seen the Kokoro camp and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. So look, that? looking back, and, and again, you need to be fit, mm. but that fitness needs to come. How do I how do I say it? In, you know, a lot of people train and they do sporadic little sessions, and psychologically, you can deal with that. But it's like a triathlete training or a marathon. Like, that stuff hurts your head, man. Mm. Like, you get out there and your body is in pain and you've got to find the mental fortitude yeah. to tell your body to shut up and keep going. Mm. That's how you train for that type of stuff. And then being put through selection, draw, they draw the line, you're in or you're out. Here's the, the expectation, live up to the standard. And and they're in... I, I've got a lot of mates that have now run the selection courses. Obviously, you know, some of them have been in there 20 years plus. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, their job isn't to break people, but their job is to break people down to the point where physiologically, um, they're just they're, their fitness almost is irrelevant. Mm. Yeah. It all comes becomes about the psychology, but just as important the psychology is how you deal with the hardship. So when people are under pressure, the there's color. that stress yeah. and that the true color, your character. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's amazing when people, you know, apply that thumb, keep applying, keep applying, keep applying. Mm-hmm. You know, people start to react and act out in in uh, in a variety of ways, and then they get to see a person for who they truly are. Truly mm-hmm. are. And they don't teach you that. Mm-hmm. They just sort of comes out who wants it the most. And then once you pass, then they yeah. sort of do other so, stuff. So when you're being broken as such, you, you, I think it comes naturally when you, there isn't too much thought about it when you're younger. Um, it's only through life experience. But you, you're asking yourself, why? Why am I enduring this? Mm-hmm. You know, and you got th- those whys need to be answered almost in a positive um, frame of mind or feedback loop. Otherwise, once that negativi- negativity sets in, it undermines. Yeah. And, um, then you, and then you, that, w- that why becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And it just gets to the point where it's overwhelming and you just we've all you gone stop in. Yeah. Training, and, and we've, like, we've yeah. all yeah. gone through certain stages and, and, and been presented with um, things in our life where, where if that why, that purpose isn't strong enough, mm. we just give up. Mm. Like, mm. And uh, that's, mm, I guess, sure. my mission now fast forwarding in life is helping people enriching people's lives and very much where the media is it's you know fitness i don't even like using the word fitness anymore because fitness is is a label that to me means you know a six-pack you know your boobs and your ass Think of like it's, and it's instagram. It's, 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 it's instagram is like but it's all of that for it. it's, it's very superficial pretty yeah, people. that's right so i'm very much about i'm very much about well-being and you know this this continuum of of um, everything, you know, Mind we've spoken soul. a bit about, yeah, the nutritional side of thing. You know, the training is important, but nutrition and training, they're only, they're only elements or factors of overall health. Mm, you know, sure. it's not, fitness isn't be all and end all. Mm. Like we just said, you can train in a gym and do all of these, you know, fang dangle things and fancy things and you go out and deal with some real life. Mm. And life gives you a big slap in the That's face right. and goes, here, bitch, you know, sure. you know, you think you're good, deal with this. Yeah. And then so it puts you on the back foot and then it has you asking why. Why do I end up with this injury? What is it that has been thrown my way that I need to learn out of this yep. to move forward? And that's, that's I think, selection. Um, yeah, I think um, training... I was having a conversation about this with a friend of mine before. And um, I think training gives you a really good application for that because you can mm. put yourself straight in the hurt 
you can give yourself that why straight away so that when unexpectedly life throws that to you, it's just automatically, oh, oh shit, so you know, um, what do I, is that why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. That that one. Not all of them. Yeah. I think, um, I think this is probably a good point. I think we'll, we'll move on to some training stuff, mm. yeah. some more training stuff now. But before we do, let's, um, let's go to throw to the good, the bad and the science. What do you got for us, Tommy? Cool. Alrighty. Uh, so the good, the bad science, Steve-O or the GBS is just to uh, break up the pot a little bit. It's um, some, uh, some sort of news articles that we, uh, we like to bring up and um, some of them are good. Some of them are bad, and some of them are relatively sciencey. So the good is, um, and I think I sent some of these questions to you as well, mate. Here's, uh, here's, so here's one shell of a story. Jonathan the giant tortoise, uh, reputed to be the oldest known living <laughs> land animal on Earth at an estimated age of 184 years, Jeez. has finally had a bath. <laughs> the massive uh, reptile is considered a national treasure on the tiny British island territory of St. Helena. He reportedly was a mere 50 years old when he was delivered as a gift in the early, late 1800s. Now, my question was... <laughs> early, late 1800s? What did I just say there? <laughs> well, I'm in a ballpark Early, late, figure. so like the, s- the 1860s. <laughs> yeah. You know, the early part ballpark of the late. Ballpark figure, yeah, yeah. Really terrible way to explain it. But <laughs> <laughs> early, late, we'll go with early, late. Um, so my question is to you guys, for whatever reason, what's the longest time you've gone without a bath or a shower? Now, I'll put myself out there first. A couple of uh, summers ago, my mate um, just got a pool and I, I shared the fence with him. And I just thought it was a lot easier to jump in the pool every day um, than have a shower. So I legitimately went about seven weeks. What? Seven, seven weeks? weeks? Yeah. I just just getting the pool. some soap into the pool with you, mate? It was or? fine. Okay. I was, was uh, no? Yeah, I didn't get many uh, female contacts at all. <laughs> the chlorine the kills everything, doesn't it? Yeah, chlorine's great for the body, mate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. I thought you were going to, as you said, seven. I thought, yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, a couple of weeks. That's pretty good. Yeah. But would you have gone some times in the army without? Yeah, two um, weeks, I think, is the longest. Two weeks, yeah. Without, you know, maybe the um, the old baby wipes in, yeah. The, yeah. in the armpits and the, and yeah. the groin area. Mac um, loves those. We did the baby wipe shower a few times and Everest yeah, Base Everest. Camp. That's how me and Mac became good mates. In the shower. Our Everest yeah. Base Camp. You, using each other's baby wipes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would wipe me. He, he would wipe me. Yeah, just stand there, starfish. I can't get this part of my butt cake. One down. Oh, this is bonding. Oh, jeez. Hurry up, it's gone. So much jizz. Yeah, but yeah, it was around two weeks and that was... Purely, we were on exercise. We were in the bush. We were dug in, so we had. Mm. Gosh, I think it was a, it was an entire company, so you know, around ninety guys, hundred guys dug in, um, and it takes weeks to dig 100 in. Hundred smelly blokes. That's oh, mate. Mm. Yeah, you wouldn't be smelly yeah. by the end. Like you wouldn't be able to smell. Well, you, nah. you'd be the, the thing. You, your nose gets used to it. No, yeah. that's like exactly right. Toilet, you become yeah. a part yeah. of your nature. Stink after two minutes when but you're sitting on the toilet. When you're in our in our. <laughs> <laughs> in our pack, we always had to carry in, in um in like a garbage bag wrapped up in the bottom was a fresh set of cams, and a lot of that is just if you destroy them or uh, the trend set, set, set of what sorry? camouflage. Camps. So you, you gotcha camps, and um you know you'd pull those out to get you know you've been out in the bush for a week, a couple of weeks. Mm. You'd pull those out and put them on to get in a bus. To, to go home because they're not going to let you on a bus. Yeah, right. You know, stinking like, like a dead <laughs> yeah. animal. Yeah. And, um, but you'd open that bag oh. after you've been out bush for a week and you'd, it, you know, the smelling of <laughs> the, like smell. the washing yeah. detergent. Oh. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you almost feel clean yeah. just smelling yeah. that yeah. smell. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it, you can understand how, I guess, adventurers and, and pioneers of yesteryear just ended up with, you know, 
they'd be disease ridden oh, and, yeah. and, and just yeah. sick and unhealthy because you know you start to get um like trench foot and mm. things like that and if mm. you're not careful around you know ha- taking your shoes off at certain times and in the military uh, a lot of the time you can't take your boots off if you're mm. if you're out on deployment so your wet socks during, yeah so and you you take one shoe off at a time air that one out, put that back on. So it was tedious and meticulous and just a procedure. And you'd rotate it and guise it, you know, because you just didn't want to leave yourself open and vulnerable. Mm. Um, and I had a mate when he did selection for, for SAS, you know, he was, you know, goes for three weeks. His feet, the entire, the soles of his feet pretty much peeled off for a month afterwards. Wow. He had to wear thongs to allow it to, to heal and yeah. just yeah. have that contact with the air. And, um, you know, it's like when we so, train, you know, you put your hands in water for a period of time. Yeah. You get like those yep. old people's yeah, hands, they call surfing. it. I peel, peel my, yeah. peel my you, And then your skin surfing. just, you could almost start to wipe yeah. your hands. Yeah, you Imagine can, that yeah. on the soles of your feet and yeah. it becomes painful. So I actually read that, that that happens as a primitive response to a survival adaptation when we used to be in the water. I don't know if this, this is true or not. So I read it on, um, was it uh, Pornhub.com? That's not in lubrication, yeah. that's water. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, did we read the same article? <laughs> no, um, I read it on, um, I think it would have been sciencefacts.com. And um, they go really all rubbery and stuff because when we used to be in the water, we had to survive. <laughs> In, in that environment, so yeah. there you go. Why that didn't you didn't explain? Yeah, so why. when you're rubbery, obviously it's better. <laughs> <laughs> when you lubricate, what do better. you got next? What's your next? What's your next? Okay, news? the bad. Uh, now, gang, uh, short, sharp uh, segment of this one. I want to touch on this because um, I don't think we have yet. Uh, Donald Trump or uh, Spud Trump, um, as we know him, is all over the media lately. Isn't of course, Trump. Isn't that Trump? No, I don't think it is, mate. It's not Trump. Move on. Do you legitimately think it is? No, I think it is. That's bizarre. <laughs> he's, uh, he's in the primary spot for the re- uh, Republican vote in the current US election. Um, speaking as diplomatically as possible here, what is it? Why is Trump gaining so much popularity? Why do you think he's, uh, he's getting up there? Bill? Um, I think because he says outrageous things, firstly, to get media. He's way smarter than, I'm not saying he's a smart guy, but he's way smarter than he portrays, mm-hmm. I believe. Because I think a lot of the stuff is just for shock value, just straight out shock value to get a lots of lots of media attention. Not, he was going to anyway, um, and a lot of the things is he says a, th- a few things that a, a people will cheer for, you know, yeah, like fucking building the Mexican gate. Like that's going to mm. offend a lot of Mexicans, but a lot of redneck American idiots are going to be like, yeah, build mm. that fence. I, I mean, I don't think it's a great way to go because all the m- minorities in America are not going to vote for him, mm. you know, because he's offended most of them. But but in saying a lot of this as well bit of reverse psychology not mm. to say that you know they're coming from that from mm. that angle is it creates discussion too because mm. if if he's saying it or his party is saying it people are thinking it people are definitely thinking well, it. i just it, wonder whether or not discussion and and media attention i mean well it clearly is but um if that necessarily makes people vote for someone oh no i'm not yeah. saying yeah vote per se but yeah. um yeah. He's losing popularity. I heard he, that, he, yeah. He came out quite popular and now he's just saying it's an irrational thing. Well, he's, he, still, he really head, he's is. still at the head of the polls, he's, though. Well, for, the, for the Republican. Probably because he's getting Yeah, but I think against... Media. Look, I don't know enough about it. To be perfectly yeah. honest, I'm just talking he, he's, shit He's now. definitely... I'm, yeah, that's I don't, right. I don't know he enough said some bizarre stuff recently that I think he's probably losing a bit. But yeah, it's interesting how someone just... But it's like a, it's like a comedy show. Mm. Like when he got up there talking Very about the we're going to build a Mexican wall and he said the president of Mexico called him up 
and said that he wants because he wanted the Mexican president to build mm. the wall. He said he's not paying for the wall, and then he stood on the on the pier or whatever it is and said, "And you know what I said to him? The wall just got w- three feet higher or ten feet higher." <laughs> and everyone went, "Yeah!" Like it's it's like a comedy, like it's a yeah. it's a skit. Yeah, you know, it's really strange. Anyway, really what, strange. what else you got? So the science, um, we want to. I just wanted to finish and talk about. Um, drugs in sport so the we're going to allude to sort of the Essendon drugs uh, scandal and that's yeah. all finally done and dusted with all that um, well they they always mention a level playing field in the media mm-hmm. and um, I'm just wondering whether you guys think you know just in a perfect world let's say we can fund it we can get people to you know to love it and all this sort of stuff if there should be let's let's say weightlifting for example a, uh, a field of um, performance enhancing drug use clean and then clean, clean yeah. and not clean yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Pretty much happens in powerlifting. It yeah, does, it does. doesn't it? Yeah, federations. Yeah, ones. It's almost they couldn't care less. It's 100%. just like just lift as much as you can, and yeah. whatever it is that you mm. feel you need to yeah. enhance yourself with to be that, um, yep. to be that person, do it. And then you've got the other ones where they fi- they 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 um they got those strict guidelines, and mm. you know they're fixed to those where it's you know weightlifting. Weight, I'm a weightlifter, so yeah. weightlifting's a tricky one because. In weightlifting, I'm not sure which year it was, but um, there's a whole bunch of world records that still stand from the 80 kilo category, um, the 100, uh, yeah. the 110 yep. kilo category. So they had different breakdowns of the weight categories, and the sport was so dirty that I think it was around the 1980s or maybe like early 90s. They changed the weight categories because they wanted to clean up the sport. All the drug testing got more rigorous, so on and so forth. Everyone's still on drugs, but that's but that's the thing. Too. Everyone's still on drugs. Mm. All all the records are still dirty. Yeah, and and for a lot of people out there, when they they hear about drugs in the media, they and uh, the the media portray it as a clean sport or whatever. There's a baseline. It's not like there is no drugs. There's a there's a threshold or a tolerance that's allowed, mm. and um, mm. because not every single human being, in, in, in I guess their genetic breakdown and. You know, epigenetics and all of that other type, whatever goes into the into the pot, um, is the same. Mm. And um, what a lot of people um, underestimate is just sheer um, talent. You know, uh, that that like look at Froning Junior. Mm. You know, the guy's like amazing, like mm. in the sense of his oh, capacity. And, and um, you know, a lot of people say. He's on the gear. Drugs he's don't not teach on the, the gear. mental toughness, though. No, the mental toughness, That's the right. fortitude, and the like. And Dave Tate, he's a, um, I don't know if he competes anymore, an American guy that, um, that was big in powerlifting. Put it this way. You're in high school, and he's talking America, and you need to take drugs to make the high school football team mm-hmm. because steroids or whatever the, the, the drugs are that, you, that, that we take nowadays, they're the limit of what we can humanly take to improve our performance you're only as so you're only ever as good as your high school football team you make it to university you need to take drugs to be in the in the university school uh, football team mm. you're only ever as good as your university mm. football the, so the decision and the point in time in which you feel you need to take something to per, to improve your performance you're only ever as good as that point mm. and um and, and i think he that those the way in which he portrayed that was fantastic. Mm. Or, and then you make it to the A-League of whatever it is you're doing, your tier one, and then you need it to prolong your career or you've had an injury or you, you, because everyone else is doing it. Mm. And I'm not condoning yeah, it, yeah, saying sure. it's wrong. Well, that's a good point that you just speak of. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is... Hang on a sec. We've just had a blowout with the... Uh, 
give us one sec. Just I said the same thing happened with Diane. Just yeah, why is that, why is that We can just edit this out, Steve. So. Yeah, yeah. What did we do last time? Oh, turned last time we, just, we, we just turned it all down. Yeah. As long as and one ear out. As long as it's the, we don't know what's happened. It's, as long so as the mic's still there, it'll still record. It's just yeah. a playback. I can't yeah. hear anything now. No, yeah, no, no, no. So yeah. we're just we'll using just talk. Chuck, yeah. um, chuck one ear out. Yep. Sorry about that. It happened last time we recorded, but um, so I'll just kick off where I left off there. Um, <laughs> so there's you touch on um, recovery as well. Like there's yeah. a, there's a lot of people that believe that performance enhancing drugs are to some extent a positive thing on the body like Tour de France mixed martial arts weightlifting to some extent like your body's ability to recover is only so much you know and sometimes athletes are going to push themselves to that level anyway you know why not let them I mean the thing is people don't know where to stop so growth hormone human growth hormone in mixed martial arts um, Vitor Belfort um, who was a, was a champion yeah, he tested him. he tested like 10 times over the human levels of testosterone. So he's not even human anymore. Mm. Like he's some sort of other, other animal. So that's like obviously someone taking it too far. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of schools of thought that if you are to use it <coughs> in a controlled way. Well, like, yeah, even look at nowadays with the, how they're, they're, they're finding their way around it. Like um, blood doping where they take your blood mm. and then they inject it back. Now that's illegal. But you can, as we spoke about with training earlier, there's methods of doing that, but the process is much longer. Like doing uh, uh, doing altitude type training, that is a form of blood doping. Of You're putting your body under stresses to increase its mm. red blood cell count yeah. so that your body can take in more oxygen. Yeah. You know, yeah. how, do, how do they how Absolutely. do they manage that? Yeah. I know that there's CrossFit guys out there doing that. Intravenous um, micronutrients, yep. um, you yep. know, your vitamin Cs, definitely. you know, all those things. Now, I... I it's that, all it's all recovery based. It's your ability yeah, to recover. Legal. The the the, the yeah. drip with the micronutrients and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they do it for hangover cures as well. You yeah. know, there's yeah, hangover do. clinics in Melbourne now and yep. stuff. Like same well, same um, there was a controversy with um, the Brisbane Lions. I think at halftime they were put on the IV drips. I mean, yeah. that's that's like that's performance enhancing. Even something yeah, is, and that's know. and all you're doing is putting fluid back in. Yeah, that's right. And you know, like, with some salts and things like that. And that's it's uh, just weird. Like I, I think of it, I mean I have been an asthmatic my whole life. So every morning I put a steroid, steroid into my body. That's right. Into my body and I you know, effectively expand Enhance, my lungs yeah. and my ability to take in oxygen. I mean I mean that's that's performance enhancing. That's so right. it's such a grey area. Yeah, and I, but area. I think uh, the you know, again communicating around all of this, you know, the topics of discussion and it, there's this gosh it's um yeah i guess the, i'll shut up now but um yeah it, it is it's such a gray area there's no sure. it's not black and white no. i think a lot of people can be very subjective they use yes. other people's opinions mm. and they apply other people's opinions to whatever might be occurring you yeah. know a lot of times Definitely. just shut up sit back and observe yeah yeah and look at learn from observing you yep i agree that's sure. right so um don't mind saying this on the air. how how long have we got you for now um well, we can go for another fifteen if you. Yeah, beautiful. Cool. That's yep. great. That's what Excellent. that's what we're after. Um, so let's move on to um, uh, let's move into. We've talked a little bit about. If we get some time, we'll talk more about your training. Mm. Let's talk about. Um, you've obviously been involved in the Biggest Loser for yep. many years now, yep. and that's about um, that's about losing weight, weight loss. So let's talk about. Um, let's talk a little bit about that because I think that's what our listeners would really get yeah. a kick out of. So, um, what does your um, what are the most important aspects that you try and put across as a trainer for someone who wants to lose weight? First and foremost, 
uh, is your purpose and your why. Understanding your reasons for it and um, what it takes to, um, you know, that initial step. And then, uh, and then from there, you know, what are the things that need to, um, to be implemented to affect that change? Uh, or an easier way is, you know, who do you want to be? Mm. All right, I want to be this person. I look up to this. You know, use some people for for inspiration as mm. as uh, role models. What are the actions that they employ to be that person? Let's employ some of those actions. And for someone who's say biggest loser contestant, uh, it's the nutrition and the training and um, and and the psyche. So addressing that, the way in which they think. A lot of the time, it's drawing the line and getting them to forgive themselves of the past because you yeah. can't you can't change the past. And a lot of them, they're just in such a headspace where they're constantly beating themselves up about, you know, the last meal that they ate or whatever. I shouldn't do this, shouldn't. But then they just can't help themselves. They can't deal with the actual issues at hand, and they use food, I guess, as a tool or as a, or as a mechanism to escape their reality. Yeah. And um, almost a drug. That's where the, the, the addiction. The mental side's the biggest side. Yeah, obviously. the mental's yeah. definitely yep. the biggest side. So overcoming that hurdle, and um, then just addressing the nutrition and the training. You know, cons- you know, consistently, you know, little bit by little bit, and uh, you find it's not rocket science. And essentially, as trainers on the Biggest Loser, we are we're just that that brick wall for them. You know, we almost it's like a child. Anyone that's got children, you're you're literally doing the thinking for your kid, and you're helping to shape and hone them as yep. they grow up and as they um as they gain knowledge and understanding, and they recognise that they need to put certain things in action to to create themselves it's no different with the biggest loser contestant yeah. i've seen 200 kilo grown men um you know and, and i've seen this, the same traits in my four-year-old son yep you know yeah. they're just they're habitually you know, they're living under the shadow of their past they've just taken into their adult life what how and how they were acting as children yeah. and unfortunately the environment um that they they've grown up in their parents the and, the, and their peer group and the like they haven't said Hang on a second, man. Like, grow up. Like, you're you're a, you're a freaking grown adult now. Take responsibility. The thing is, as well, I grew up having cornflakes for breakfast, mm. you and know, you look corn, like you still ate them. Cornflakes, <laughs> cornflakes with three heaps tablespoons of sugar all over them. Yeah. Um, I had a Vegemite. I'm not saying my parents are great parents, but I mean, nutritional education wasn't really yeah, there back no. then. I had Vegemite. I demanded a Vegemite cheese sandwich every day. Yeah. That's that's what I would have at lunch with whatever else. But I mean, that that these days would be madness. I mean, they've just updated the healthy food pyramid. Obviously, mm. Australia have. But even that was only three years ago. But and you, you, you think too, when we were younger, foods definitely didn't have probably the level of, uh, in the amounts of sugar that, they, that they've that um, they grown to, to, to contain yeah. nowadays. And now everyone's on the, the, the reversal of that. Like you see some of the music bars advertising it. Well, now we have 40% less sugar. So what, that's, you're actually admitting to us that yeah. before that you had 40% yeah, more sugar? Like, Man, isn't that a court case in itself? Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's admitting, um, that, that's a, in that sense. But it, you know, sugar isn't illegal or or a controlled substance at this point in time. But my theory behind um, a lot of this, and you were saying when you were younger, this, mm. eating certain foods and you know having sugar and all that stuff, is soft drinks. Oh, oh yeah. Um, because growing up, Coca-Cola you know, or we didn't grow up. World. For, for yeah. myself, we didn't grow up with much, and Mum would always buy like the little 500 mils of concentrated like juice. Yeah. And that yeah. would make 
that would make two liters or something. Yeah, yeah? yeah. that's what soft drink is. Yeah. So it's it's sugar it's sugar in a concentrated form. And I believe you know someone that's one eighty kilos plus, you cannot humanly eat the calories or the food in that physical sense to be that big. Mm. You're doing something else. You're taking in and concentrated more. Like people, how many people drink coffee nowadays? Yet, yet, is it actually the coffee or is it the four to six sugars you're having in your coffee that that you want? Yep. You know, you're, 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 you're kidding yourself. You're, 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 you're addictive, like you say. It's, a, it's an addiction. You're, well, you're, you're, you're applying ignorance in the sense of, you know, you know that it's, to a degree, it's the sugar that you're trying to get and you're telling everybody else, oh, I love my coffee mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's funny. On um, I just watched um, Super Size Me again and they just um, reiterated the fact that, you know, the same receptors that go off in the brain when people are addicted to sugar are the same receptors that go off for heroin addicts and things. Yeah. So it's, a, it's much more of a, it really is a drug addiction as opposed to just the sugar and, and, itself. And those, those areas that, as you said, like with the addictions and how, and how that, um, you, I guess, the addiction is formed and you reinforce those habits. Mm. Um, but sugar as well in concentrated forms in the body. So that ghrelin and lectin hormones that release to tell the brain you've had enough. Um, the, the sugars release certain proteins that bind to those hormones or that release and the brain never receives those signals. Mm, so the oh, brain's thinking you're starving while well, your body morphs. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think and the government will ever bring in control measures? Oh, I think at some point or another they'll, um, they'll definitely... Uh, gosh, they... There's a um, there's is it Lalane Lalane Fitness he was sure. someone Lalane uh, back in the forties there's stuff on YouTube old black and white footage yeah. of of someone Lalane they they actually got into the, the CrossFit side of things he was saying back then how he believed in the future that sugar would be a control substance that was in the forties oh, yeah. and and again if you watch there's a lot of documentaries um, out there. Ca- uh, Cowspiracy. Cowspiracy is yeah. fantastic, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah, you know, things so like that. It's um, it talks you know very much around that. And there's mm. um, uh, Dr. Robert Lustig, who's a pediatric um, endocrinologist, I think, for okay. uh, obviously with children. Mm-hmm. And he's an American doctor that's on a big uh, push with um, with you know having maybe. sugar as a control substance. And mm. probably, um, probably, I think in the future there would be warning labels, maybe. Like very much, very much that's like probably, cigarettes and alcohol, yeah. and you probably and still want free will to be able to have a can of coke if you if, like, if you do, but you need not, education. Honestly, and you need yeah. In, all in, the rest of it. To us sitting in this room, if 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 we were to just do what we did in our reality, is obesity or sugar anything an issue? No, mm. like it actually does not exist in our reality. No, that's right. It does uh, to other and why and, and so this is for me this this is this is where some reading I've been doing a lot of businesses and corporations where their bottom end is is their dollar yeah that's what that's what they live and breathe by they want us all believing that there's things that are more complex in 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 uh, what they really are and it's to me it's quite simple so as we talk about the addictions whether that be food alcohol drugs and the like. Um, it's actually the symptoms and, and what is the root cause of all of this? Because mm. yes, we know those things are addictive. Let's take rats, for example. You know, We base our studies and, and the way in which we think off when they um, took a rat and put him in a cage back in the 30s or 40s and they had heroin-laced water and, um, and water. Yep. You know, Mr. Rat's in the cage. He's on his fucking own. Of course he's going to drink the heroin yeah, water. Yeah. Why? Because he hates his reality. Mm. Yeah. So he's going to drink that to try and escape his reality, mm. as a lot of people are doing nowadays. Yeah. Why 
do they not like their reality yes. or can they not deal with their reality? Yep. And then they're using food, alcohol, drugs as a means to escape it. Unfortunately, the addiction kicks in and you add another layer or level yep. to a problem that already yep. exists. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then another psychologist a few years later said, that, rap, that, that, that was stupid. He got a whole heap of rats, put him into a cage, had heroin laced water and water, and they were all happy and they could have sex, they could, you know, have their mates and do all that. What mm. do they drink? They drank water. Yeah. Chuck, chuck me in a room with all my mates, heroin and sex, and I'm having a fucking party. So you're going to have sex I'm with all your mates. Having, <laughs> I'm having the best but, time of my life. You've already had sex but, with John on the smoke. Let's set it up next Friday, I reckon. Get the boys around. But that's such a, it's such a true statement. Like, it's, um, there are things out there that are so addictive but it, it, the root cause of it is really a personal issue. And then you have all these things that are just so easily accessible. It's like, oh, it's That's just exactly right. That and, um, and, I, and I believe in an environment that we've created, which is very much about I and, and the injection of I into any given environment or situation, um, put, leaves us in a, quite a fragile emotional state slash state of constantly thinking about our feelings. Mm. And when you're in those states you then act out of your emotions or oh, feelings. Absolutely. So what are the actions that you're reinforcing out of your emotions and feelings? And generally, it's a negative um, feedback loop, and then you create an identity. What we need to do is just invert that triangle and have identity at the top, um, mm-hmm. your actions to be the person that you want to be, and then the right emotions and feelings yeah. come from it. Yeah. And, and your CrossFit, again, in that medium, does that in... in First and foremost, the physical sense, but the camaraderie That's and the right. community, Perfect. and yeah. it's a vortex, everybody. and and the education is there slowly then, but surely. Yeah, yeah. And the people, the people come for the results. They ended up staying for the friends, and then they get the education along the but, way. But again, outside of CrossFit, a lot of again the fitness industry and the like is well, F45 um, and all these all these different. Look, what 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 they're, they're using labels as a means to to kind of engage people and get them in. Where CrossFit, as Greg Glassman, the founder, has always said, you know. You want to change the psyche in the way in which a person thinks. It's about your performance indicators. It's about running 400 meters quicker mm. or deadlifting heavier or, or cleaning a little bit more. And then the weight loss, you know, the increased level of fitness, the, the wellness that mm. comes as a byproduct of that focus. If your focus is standing on the scales and losing weight, having a six-pack, you know, having a great booty, all of those things, you are going to fail. Of course, yeah. yeah. Un- unless through your journey you come into more of a noble place because you start to understand, well, really, those what, what once motivated me isn't motivating me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I need to find... like it's Motivation to me is intrinsic. Mm. You get inspired from others, but the motivation, your drive, your purpose and your why comes from within. When we shut that door and the lights are off and no cameras are on and no one else is in a, in a room watching, what are you willing to do? Yeah, definitely. And it's yeah. Sorry, you go. That's where I believe that the elite of the elite in the sporting arena of whatever sport that they do, mm. they, they fly that flag. And that's where a lot of people look to them and they think, wow, they're achieving you know, things that, that, that are humanly impossible. No, man, they're just working their freaking tail mm. off. They're asked, yeah, there's, as we said, there's a level of um, uh, you know, natural ability. But isn't it funny? Like, peop- there's a lot of people out there with fantastic abilities, natural abilities that sit at the pub each day and drink themselves silly. For sure. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day as well, these people at the top of their game absolutely love it. You know, they, they would be doing all of that irrespective of if there was a, a, a title or a goal. They just love to work hard at yeah. whatever they're doing. Hey, I wanted to touch um, quickly on um, the mental side of things with The Biggest Loser. Mm. There's, there's a... Um, we've seen some people that have... Um, 
sort of gone on the show and done incredible things and they put the weight back on. And I was just wondering your thoughts on it. Um, you know, I, I believe that it takes a lot of time um, to build up that mental strength and have that consistent, um, you know, that mind change. Yeah. Is, is losing the weight really quickly um, and then doing it all these things really quickly effective um, in terms of sustainability? Um, yeah, the sustainability is, is I guess, the, the main uh, thing that uh, everyone uses as that, as that measure. Mm. Um, I'd say it's a 50-50 uh, and, and a lot of that comes down to the duration which a contestant um, has in the biggest loser house but again um, with starting that journey uh, whether they're in their in the timeline of their life they're at that point where they're ready for change mm. and your motives your philosophies behind being on the show some yeah. people it may be because they just want to be on television they may never say that but it, it, when people, you know, we're most of you know, we're all defined by our actions. A lot of us talk crap, um, and you know, we, over time we spend enough time with any one person or a group of people, we we get a pretty clear indication of where they're coming from, and that's because of their actions. You know, you can you can whisper sweet things in others' ears for a period of time, and then they start sniffing bullshit. You mm. know, who is their trainer responsible uh, to help them with their psychological? Uh, journey as well or do they have psychologists the, involved and you're just purely a trainer you're in and out or what's yeah no we there's um there are psychologists and you know the, the, the full medical spectrum um is a, a requirement for um i guess the management and care of, of a biggest loser contestant or for the contestants as a group but as trainers uh, it, it's it's not like you sign on the dotted line and say you are responsible for the psych, you know for the the psych the psychological aspects of a, a contestant, but you do it enough, and any trainer out there will again attest to just how important addressing um, the behaviour of of a person and identifying you know certain issues and helping them to work through that, and and for myself and what it is that I've learnt you know, to this point in my life is you're either coming from from two places you're either coming from a place of love or you're coming from a place of fear and if you're using it as a, a fear as a means to engage and get someone to do something failure is inevitable yeah you got to come from a place of love what again from for myself what are my motives my my purpose and my intent do i is it all about me on the television screen and you know me beasting a contestant all that no like i generally am in in it to help a person to enrich their lives, to help them live with live a life, you know, a better quality of life, not just during the show, but when the show is in the rear vision mirror and then moving forward for the rest of their life. And if I keep that at the front of my mind, coming from a place of love, my ability to um, build rapport, rapport um, create friendships and the like, helps, helps me as much as it helps them to no end. And the intrinsic sure. reward that I gain from that, yep. but then the change that they... That they um, they go through and then at the end of the show a lot of the time they're just so grateful and thankful as we could never repay you and i said the only way the only repayment that i need is to know that um you're continuing this journey at home yeah you've yeah. made like a true difference a you, you, no you pay, and you pay it forward that's exactly yeah. right and um a lot of people go that intrinsic reward's very selfish but yeah it that's what it means to be a human being that oh. interconnectedness and Thank that's yourself, our Patrick. true currency we use money as our currency, and that's a freaking crock. Yeah. You know what I mean? We could, we could live lives and collaborate and, and live 
successful, happy lives without money. Mm. If we're in the bush, if, if a group of, you know, one of us is in the bush and we're lost and it's freezing freaking cold, you could have a trillion dollars in your bank account and it's in a bank account. That's you know, right. It, you know, mate, you, you'll still freeze to death. Mm. You know, but you're in that bush and you walk through the bush and you come upon a little cabin, you knock on the door and someone opens it and puts a blanket over your shoulders and says, mm. here, sit by my fire. Yeah. It's much all more it takes to sustain some value life. Of, of something as opposed to. But unfortunately, and and you know, it's not. I'm not. I'm not beating up. You know, capitalism or or you know how money, in a sense, has helped to bring a lot of us up out of poverty and, and things like that. But we've just got to be mindful of how we're going about it because money's also brought us down into a lot of poverty. It has. Like mm, half yeah. the world. Half the world. You got to remember is also That's living right. under the uh, more than. Well, I, I, I was just in, in India two weeks ago, the, and yeah. amazing the contrast between. Just utter wealth and, and, and utter, you know, poverty. You know what? I said, Mac, you'll remember this. I was on the Everest Base Camp trek coming downhill with Mac and we were walking along. I remember it very well. And for uh, during the Everest Base Camp trek, you see the, 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 the porters yeah. and the guys that are carrying. So people are carrying bags, but there's also guys that aren't um, that, well, uh, that well equipped with English and that aren't that well connected. They'll just carry the equipment. So you'll see from time to time, and a 70, 80-year-old guy and he's got, because they get paid by the kilo, yeah. he's got 80 kilos on his back and stuff. But then you'll see 12, 14-year-old kids. And I remember walking past a bunch with Mac and it had just been probably the 500th 14-year-old, 12-year-old kid that I'd seen carrying <laughs> 80 kilos on his back. But it just clicked one of them. And we had a discussion that was, the problem with what's going on is there's nothing to say that that kid is... A, a lesser of a person than us they're probably a, a, a much better person give more to the world than tons of the people out there but the problem is they were born in Nepal that's their only problem in life you know they weren't afforded the same stuff that we're afforded just geographically unlucky yeah and that's the fucking that's was anyone the, here brought up religious yep no I wasn't I've, I've, uh, got I, I've got a few theories on a lot of this stuff. Got a big and problem with I, I was I was brought up very religious and you know this might touch on some stuff that, that really people just can't mm. comprehend um, I, again I've always questioned pretty much everything mm. and especially a book that was written by a man um, yeah. but the other thing I've been involved in martial arts and done the internal side of uh, the martial arts so with Taoism you know Buddhism and things like that and uh, the whole and Dalai Lama will talk about it talks about it in his books and there's a few documentaries out there I am and the like. Has anyone ever heard of the astral planes? The seven astral, where the uh, seven astral planes, yeah, I don't know and we're we're fifth level there. beings living in a fourth level plane, and we'll continually relive this, relive this, these the lives here on this earth as such, this realm, until we learn all the lessons required to progress on. Mm. So you talk about being born into poverty. You know, a lot of us talk about deja vu and old souls and things like that. I. From, from what I've read, from people I've spoken to, I, I believe that you know we've been here before and we'll continue to come here until we learn the lessons required. We may be born into a Western culture at some point, but I'm, with either, I'm sure we've either been yep. where you were just talking about mm -hmm. or we're going there yep. and um, to learn certain lessons in life. And, and in the Bible, they talk very much about um, hell you know, and purgatory and damnation and everything. Who's to say that this earth isn't that place? We just pain, don't know. Pain, suffering, and fear is real, but it's not unique. Every single human being walking the face of this earth is freaking dealing with something. And mm, I think absolutely. when we can all identify with that and show a little more gratitude and compassion and humility, you know, we'll make our journeys that little bit, uh, that 
that little bit easier. Yeah. And, for and um, you know, not to say what where my thoughts are and what I'm thinking, because I think we're mere mortals and, and our understanding and comprehension when we're in this, I guess, state, mm. um, we really don't know anything. And, and as you know, some of the philosophers of old have said, the more the more I learn, the more I realise I know nothing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I um I um was brought up um, religiously, not overly religious, but mm. you know you go to church every Sunday and this sort of thing, and that really touched a nerve with me. Um, not a nerve, but just um, brought me to lie with something um, with what you mentioned. I um. Well, I started to develop like a fear of um, hell in itself, and I, I never really Same. thought it was. You know, I was like, "This is this is insane, eternal suffering. There's no hope." I mean, humanity's all about you know, yeah. light at the end of the tunnel and all this sort of thing. And going somewhere for the end of time is just so scary. And then I started to question. I was like, "You know, why are these people telling me that you have to be good, or else you're going to go to hell? And who judges whether I'm good or bad or not?" And I actually ended up. Um, looking towards mindfulness now, um, you know, and getting out of religion because I think it's as an institution, it's very fear mongering and it doesn't really create um, a positive energy that everyone should be around. And I just, I don't know, it's interesting, really interesting you said that because um, I'm talking about, you know, repeating the same thing until we learn all the steps. For me personally, I feel like religion keeps us in that cycle as an institution, but self-awareness and all that sort of stuff can really help us progress further yeah. because no one should live a life of fear. Everyone should have positive energy yeah. and, you know, being all around that. So. And they're, they're very strong emotions, both of them. Both, oh, they are, both love yeah. and fear. And there's a great book, actually, um, Love of... No. Oh, God, here we go. Um, love is Letting Go of Fear. Yep. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, Love is Letting... It's, it's, it was written in 79, the first edition. And it was written by a guy, I think he was a psychologist, clinical psychologist and the like, and he didn't give a rats about religion or any of that type of stuff and, mm -hmm. and just some of the journey that he undertook and one day he was just like, wow, you know, a lot of stuff started talking to him and he combined both his learned and, and, and I guess clinical mm -hmm. um, applications and the science behind things with some of the, the, the mindfulness and the, mm -hmm. the emotional intelligence and the like together and he wrote the little book and there's a few other books, Eric Greeton's um, Resilience and another one, um, I can't remember the author, but it's... Um, uh, the the theatre of war okay. and he owns a production company or a theatre company and goes around putting on plays of ancient Greek tragedies to show to show people that have gone through you know they've been in, at war or, or um, natural disasters and things like that that uh, others have been there before them yep. and to help them weave their story in with those ancient Greek tragedy, tragedies and ask questions don't just come at it from your fixed mindset and how you perceive um, your world and your reality because everyone... It's, it's, it's like listening to a radio station, isn't it? Pardon? You know, it's like listening to a radio station. Mm. Then all of a sudden you actually one day go, oh, I'm going to change the dial or press the button. Mm. And then you find another one. It's, it's right there and it's close by. Like, yep. And that's, that's how I think life is. And it's amazing. Yeah. Once you open yourself up and you help, you, you pass, you allow yourself to pass through some of your fears. On the other side is courage. You constantly reinforce mm. that. You become more courageous. But um, and, and, and through that, that, that aspect of love, you are willing, Greg Glassman talks about it, to get outside your comfort zones and, and, and experience new things. Absolutely. And the more that you experience in the life, the more um, wisdom you, more well, that's, wisdom that's, you that's start to... Uh, rather than just accepting exactly something right. and living like that for the rest of your life. You're not progressing and humanity is all about progressing. Sorry, Bill. I think, um, I think Steve, obviously now, uh, Steve's got to take off or could go on forever. This has been a great conversation. We want to hit you up quickly with nine. We'll make them yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. fast because I know you've got to get out of here and got a meeting. 
Um, so we got nine from nine now, nine questions. Mac normally starts us off with his three. So what's your morning ritual? I wake up. <laughs> I drink a lot of water. I drink a litre of water. Yep. I try to get a, uh, a decent training session in. Um, then it's, you know, kids as well, you know, getting them mm. ready, whether it's for school, you know, at the moment it's school holidays, and um, get into my day. What time do you wake up? Between five and seven. Mm. It depends. I've got a, I've got a four-month-old, so it depends on how much he sleeps yeah. during wake the night. <laughs> yeah, I'm waking up <laughs> a few times does. through the night at the moment. So when you say a litre of water, I have a rule. I need uh, one and a half litres in the first one and a half hours of waking. It's just something I put on myself. Yeah? Yeah. And that's that's fantastic. I think a lot of people just don't drink enough water. Mm. And hunger is is a means that's telling them, you know, get more fluid in your body. But, you know, you're doing that through eating foods. But unfortunately, people are eating a lot of processed carbohydrates that yeah, absorb a lot true. of water as well. And you're just putting yourself into a more dehydrated I find when I state. do that, there's no very, very little cravings for anything else, yeah. else later on during the day. Uh, second question is, do you meditate? I do. What form of meditation? Oh, gosh. It's... um. It depends, actually. Uh, there's no specific one, but a lot of what I was taught um, through martial arts, so uh, like a Tai Chi and Taoist breathing exercises. Um, there's another, what they call like the heavenly cycle or Santee, which is more of a static type meditation, standing in a horse stance and that cultivation of energy. Mm. And I'll just even use like uh, like my breathing yep. as a means of just mindfulness and trying to center myself. And how long would you do that for a day? Sometimes I might not even get it in in a day. But it's, again, it's it's just having that awareness and consistently reinforcing it. But I've been doing a lot more of it lately than I was for a period of time. Yep. But, um, I'd, you know, even, even five minutes sometimes is amazing. Mm. I get five in, minutes. Um, if I, I'm quite yeah. busy, I've got a, I've got a Tommy put me on order. We're pretty big on Twitter. It's yeah. got time frames. Yeah. So if I've got time, I'll go 12, 15 minutes. And then if I'm rushed and, I, and it's the afternoon or the night yeah. and I haven't got it in, I'll be like, fuck it, I'm going to duck out. Yeah. And I'll just go on. And it's, I head, it's I amazing. Just breathe and relax for five isn't minutes. It? Mm. I'd, I'd like, really to, I'd, I, you know, if it was an ideal word, I'd like to say 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Minutes they say it takes roughly 15 or 20 minutes to really become in tune with yourself and mm. just let all that, you know, bullshit that comes in through your head out. Do you ever um, just like to sit back and just watch the thoughts go through in your mind? Yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Time. Yeah. Especially when I'm traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of us just, again, we escape our realities. Oh. We start playing oh, games. Amazing. We're constantly oh, getting outside of ourselves. It's so true, we do not it? even know who we are. Yeah. And um, I think... People are scared of themselves. Oh, yeah. You know, you know it, this might sound, yeah. it might sound silly, but I... Yeah. It's funny how people are starting to do more of um, what you were talking about earlier, where we're very much, you know, that animal instinct, just get doing very simplistic, menial tasks mm. just to, to re-engage and learn about self. You know, education knowledge is important, but the, you know, ha living your life is actually closing those books and putting those things in a practice. It's the mm. action that shapes us. Yep. Well, as soon as we find out who we are, we can start to figure out what we want to make of this world. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on, this is meant to be nine, uh, nine minutes. Yeah, uh, about uh, last nine, question four hours. Is, if you had one day left in the world, how would you spend it? <laughs> in, in 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> one word. 30 answer. seconds. Yeah. Spending time with my loved ones. Yeah. Cool. For sure. Would, I, would we get a call up? <laughs> Beg your pardon? Would we get a call up to that? Or? <laughs> totally. Yeah. It would be the entire world. Yeah. Family, family, family you all up. Hey, uh, Steve, I can't make it. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Uh, my questions are travel related. You're well travelled. You're a well travelled man. Oh, maybe 
not as much as some, but okay. I've been so a few we'll places. we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how we go. So uh, favorite travel destination in the world it can be a small town, it can be a country, it can be it can be anywhere. I love going to Greece. Greece, just to the island, just to relax. Yeah. Which islands do you? Which is um, I've I've been to a few, but um, I actually went to one that was really nice, Skiathos. Okay. Yeah. I don't know of that one. It's um, yeah, not a lot of people have. Yep. But uh, they got some beautiful beaches. Want, you you can, it's time. just low key, and you know, no one knows you. So yeah, that's great. great. That's great. And the next one is uh, favorite. Uh, sorry, your dream travel destination. Same again. Can be anywhere, big, small. Gosh, I'd love to go through um, through Europe, like Austria and Switzerland. Yep. Just with the Alps, the Alps. And, and everything like that. I was in uh, the Italian Alps. My family are Italian. Yep. So I went, my, I was on a boys Europe trip. My mum was on her 50th birthday Europe trip with her best friend. And we caught up and went into the Italian Alps, into Sondrio, which is where my family's from. Yeah. We did some hiking around the Alps and stuff. And yeah, it's pretty, Just so, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's beautiful. Eh? Real spectacular part of the world. Lastly from me, um, three things that you can take with you on a desert island. You've got water, you've got, say, company. Yeah. You've got water, you've got, you've, got, you've got all the necessities to live. What keeps you sane? Far out. Most <laughs> people bring a ball. A ball? Yeah, of some sort. Do you know what my dad said? I asked him this at home and he said, a pair of socks, an iPhone, and an electric iPhone charger. <laughs> now we know why you're now, so weird, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my pair of socks. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd need anything. All right. Like it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Maybe a hat. <laughs> sunspot. Yeah. Sunspot. You know, maybe, maybe a no hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a hat a and hat. some... Um, a pair of socks. And some, uh, and some dick stickers. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Just some dick stickers? Yeah, some... Uh, some stickers of your dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard them called dick stickers. No, you've never oh, heard of that. Tell me about these stickers <laughs> that you... Uh, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> yeah, I reckon, I reckon that's... a. If it if it's if it's a beautiful environment and it's not going to get too hot or cold, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. hats so when you and uh, the sun, <laughs> just rock around on those things yeah. all day, mate. You get a you get a wicked tan. Yeah, you're saying there's other people around. You know, you got to cover up. Yeah, I, that's if right. there's no one else around, I just go naked. Just put a leaf on that. <laughs> but um, maybe I don't know. If if you wanted to train and do, you know, just some, some different stuff, maybe a kettlebell. I, I'd yeah. take a barbell. I take barbell a barbell as well. Barbell I definitely take a barbell. I've got a yeah, barbell and some sure. uh, some like four hundred kilos of plates because obviously I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, you got Tommy. Alrighty. Um, biggest role model as a child. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, good Ooh. one. Good one. Very good. Didn't everyone right. love Arnie? No. Nah. Uh, <laughs> what do you do in your downtime? Spend a lot of time with my kids. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it's uh, something that I've really you know, focused on a lot lately is um, is my influence over them. Mm. I guess my actions and, and spending time with them because thinking back to growing up for myself. Know, wishing to a degree that my parents were there a little more and, and doing that because, man, they grow up too fast. Mm, mm, sure. Yep. And uh, final one, mate. It's kind of tough, but it's interesting. Three people dead or alive. If you can invite three people dead or alive to a dinner party, who would they be and why? And you can use uh, Arnie. You can use Arnie. He's like, fuck it. He's like, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> Can't be your family, by the way. <laughs> Can't be your family. Gosh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to meet the man, yep. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. Bruce Lee, that's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yep. But um, it might be a bit hard to have a conversation with him. At <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, Here you go, Matt. Here's a glass of water. <laughs> oh, that's important. poor taste. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, good. Very good. Alrighty. Cool. So, um, 
Last to finish off, Steve. So anything you want to plug? Uh, I guess for, for everything that um, we've spoken about today, if anyone's interested in what it is that, um, that I'm doing, we've got an online program, Get Commando Fit. Um, you know, for anything else that I might be doing that uh, you may want to be a part of, just you know, follow on, on my socials. You know, the handles for all of that, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are all Commando Steve. Yep. And um, if, uh, if you want to have a bit of fun, but um, a clean fun, you know, follow me on, uh, on Snapchat. Commando <laughs> underscore Steve. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Very good. Very good. Clean, Excellent. Clean fun. Yeah, clean fun. Clean commando, fun. Commando, commando, no, commando. No going commando. <laughs> commando. All right. That's, uh, that's pretty much it from us, mate. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Thank gentlemen. All righty. That's a wrap. Well, there we go. What a deep, deep, deep discussion that ended up being. Um, way out of left field. Didn't think it was going to go down that path towards the end but you guys all get to know Commando Steve a lot better and uh, hopefully you got a lot out of it so if you like the show guys go on to iTunes and subscribe leave us a rating and review if you can that'd be great five stars only no four stars and um, also if you wanted some real um, usable stuff and the links from all everything that was spoken about in this episode head to www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash podcast all of our links are in the show notes there in the podcast page, so you won't miss anything, any of that usable information. Um, also, sign up to our mailing list there. That means you'll never miss out on a show. You'll never miss out on a blog from Adventure. Well, you'll miss out on a few. We only, only put up our good ones, best ones, I should say. Um, and you'll also get to news about all of our uh, promotions and new trips that we've got coming up. So make sure you go out and do that. Also, just quickly want to thank our sponsors, which are NDO Subs, www.ndosubs.com forward slash, I mean, not forward slash, forward slash nothing. Uh, use ADVF radio at checkout for 10% off. Locksam Solutions, www.locksamsolutions.com.au. Audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. Head, uh, head to that link, guys, and you'll get 30 days free Audible trial. You'll also get one free podcast, uh, one free audiobook. Get yourself smart. And we are also, lastly, brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. Make sure you head to our Facebook page this week and this week only. Fill out the survey. It'll take you a couple of minutes to build the Adventure Fit radio show that you want. It's the top pinned post on our feed. And one person will win a $1,000 travel voucher with us. That's it from me. Catch ya.